this edition of What's Up Tybee. I'm Sandy McLeod. What did the names Colin, Danielle, Paula, Walter, Martin, and Julia have in common? Well, they're all names we don't want to be hearing anything about this year because they're just some of the names that have been picked for the named storms of 2022. For most people in the country, June 1st marks nothing more than change to summer months and the beginning of vacations and school breaks. But to those of us who live on the coast, it marks the start of a more ominous time, the beginning of hurricane season. Certainly for those of us who've been here a while, you probably remember a number of them from Hurricane David in the 70s and more recently running from Category 5 Hurricane Floyd in 1999, which fortunately made a turn northward and spared us of any damage. Then, of course, most recently there was Hurricane Matthew and Hurricane Irma that came calling to damage Tybee, first with mighty winds and downed trees and later with the horrible floodwaters. Since we're now officially in the hurricane season of 2022, I wanted to share some interesting facts. The word hurricane actually comes from the god Hurricane, who was worshipped by Mayans and was said to be the ruler of wind, storms, and fire. Recorded hurricanes have ranged from 100 to 1,000 miles wide. And in a big hurricane, every second, that storm releases the energy of 10 atomic bombs. We're going to start our podcast today with Tybee Mayor Shirley Sessions. You may or may not know that her more important role is actually as of my sister, but today we'll be chatting with her in her public position. So welcome, Madam Sister, I mean, Madam Mayor. Thank you, Sandy. Um, You recently met with your city staff and we're talking about the hurricane season and what plans are in place to deal with storms. Hopefully we won't get any, but should they come our way, you have a plan. I was honored to be able to meet with the city staff of Tybee Island, and I just want the residents of Tybee to know they're in good hands with our staff who have started earlier. They've started way before now, but right now they're putting into place each department has a very specific role, pre-planning, planning before, during, and after a hurricane, should we have to experience that again. We have staff and department heads. Every employee has a role. We have a Tybee Emergency Management Group, and it's called TEMA, and they work very closely with SEMA, the Chatham Emergency Management Agency, as well as GEMA, Georgia Emergency Management, and FEMA, Federal Emergency Management. So there's all of these entities working together to ensure that should we have a hurricane, Tybee will be prepared. And it's going to really be about our residents. If we have a successful hurricane season, and by that I mean if there is a hurricane and we make it through, come out of it, it's going to depend obviously on our leadership, our staff, but most importantly, our residents. And I appreciate your having me here today just to share some information. A lot of people may already know everything I'm going to say, but there may be some people who are new to our area, who are new to the coast, who haven't experienced the trauma that a hurricane can bring, even the threat of a hurricane. Yeah, it's a very anxiety-driven experience, even if one doesn't come, just the threat of it, and of course, the hysteria of meteorologists and all the rest of it that scare you to death, even if it never gets here. It's very frightening, but some good things are happening. We're very fortunate in many ways that because of today's modern technology, the Hurricane Center 
and with NOAA and all of the scientists, have been able to improve the prediction and the intensity of storms and hurricanes. And we all know about the cone of uncertainty. Many of us kind of laugh about that. But the importance of that is really knowing the predictability and the intensity of the area that that hurricane is at any given moment. And because of the modern technology, the cones are getting smaller and thinner. And that means just better prediction better idea of when a hurricane may land and how strong it may or may not be. Also, it's important to understand the stages that that the city and that we all need to be aware of in preparing for bad weather. It's important that people understand when we start hearing names like tropical storms, hurricanes, a tropical storm is indicated when winds reach speeds of 39 miles an hour and over. A hurricane is going to be predicted when winds reach 74 miles an hour and over. Then if you start hearing winds of 111 and over, you're going to see a hurricane three, four, or five. And all of those matter because different steps are going to be taken throughout those types of weather, regardless of if it's a tropical storm or hurricane. What are we going to do? What should we do? Right now is the time for people to start making a list. I know it seems early, but it's amazing how something can happen so quickly. We could literally have a hurricane in the month of June and any time up until November 30th, which is the end of the the season. And of course, hurricanes usually don't get a notice that hurricane season is over. So Technically, I guess it could go longer, but obviously, historically, that's why they've made the 30th of November the cutoff date. But exactly, those hurricanes just don't listen to anybody. They don't. But we can prepare. And what we're going to do, what, what I want to ask people to do is make a list. Make a list of the things that you can do now without panic. Things like preparing your home. If you... Uh, can take some time just to look around your home, see if there's trees that need to be addressed, limbs that are damaged, things around your house, your windows, are they secure? Are they strong? Is it a good time to start addressing those types of issues? Your doors, making sure that your hinges are in good shape, general maintenance of your home, your gutters, checking your gutters, looking at your roof, because when those winds start picking up, we all know what that means. Roofs flying and also projectile. You don't want your beautiful lawn chairs and your umbrellas and your yard art to be flying all over the place. So kind of look and see what you've got that you need to plan for to store store away in the event that a tropical storm or that a hurricane is pending. You can also start making plans for things like flood insurance. Do you have flood insurance? Are you sure that it's been renewed? Because if you have to purchase flood insurance today, you will have a 30-day wait before it's active. So make sure that your, your flood insurance is updated, your wind and hail updated, your car insurance, your, your personal insurance, your health insurance, whatever. Make sure all of that is updated. And speaking of which, I just want to throw this in. There is a type of insurance that's a disaster insurance that is available to people that have a mortgage. And it's a very low-cost product. I, mean, I used to carry it several years ago. I had it, and it gave me great peace of mind knowing that if there was a hurricane, that my payment on my house would be made up to two years. And it also provided $500 per month as just a little stipend 
if I were out of my home. So it was very low cost. Like I said, I think it, at the time ran around $250, $300 a year and was well worth the peace of mind just knowing that if I was uprooted because of a storm that I would at least have my mortgage and my taxes and insurance paid for while reconstruction was being done for a couple of years. So that's just another little thought. That's really good information. I think a, a lot of people are not aware of that. Other things, make sure that your car is maintained up to date your tires, the important things in your engine, because again, you want to be able to leave promptly if that's something that you need to do. Your medical history, make sure you have prescriptions, all of your meds, always keep those things, especially during this time frame, all of your data that you can't access once you leave your home. If you have papers that you stored whether it's um, birth certificates, marriage, passports, divorce, passports, yeah, yes. Ideally, make photos of them or store them in a safe place, you know, like a, on, on a cloud. Like a bank or, or something. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but if not, make sure you, you have those accessible if you're in a, a nice little package to take with you. And speaking of which, with your animals, if you have animals, make sure you have updated uh, vaccination papers and those kinds of things in case you have to board your pets or to of course, take them with you. Usually hotels, a lot of them will require that you have that or they say they will require it. So you need to have it with you. You absolutely don't want to forget anything about your pets. Um, One thing you do not want to do is leave your pet in the event of a you have to evacuate. When I say leave your pet, I understand that there may be situations um, that I am not, that that are uncontrolled out of your hand. But if you have a a pet that's inside that's used to being inside, make sure that you take it with you. If you do take it with you, have a strong carrier crate, have, as Sandy said, all of the medical identification that you will need enough food and water for the pet. And I think people forget, we know how anxious these things make us. Is I would say multiply that 10 times with pets who have no understanding of what's happening to them. And if you did have to board your pet locally, just pre- prepare ahead of time. Make sure that all of that is taken care of. And it's in a safe location. Yes. And whatever you do, never, 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 ever, if you see anyone who does this, I call the authorities. Do not leash or or chain a pet in the thinking that it's going to be safe but in a chain. or Like tethering a it's, dog it's, outside or whatever. Yeah. Unfortunately, some people... You know, not judging people, but just people sometimes don't think about things like that. First, of course, tethering dogs is against the is law against anyway in Chatham County. County. Yeah. So, just everything that you you can think of that applies to your pet, try to make sure that you've got that covered and add that to your list. Yeah, because you don't want to have to be scrambling around doing these things when you all of a sudden realize you have a mandatory evacuation and you're choosing to leave. Exactly, and. Cell phones, chargers, those types of things that a lot of times 
Make sure you've got your glasses, extra pair of glasses or contacts. And if you have special needs or if you feel like that you will evacuate, but you may need help and you don't really have transportation, get in touch with your relatives, with friends, family, churches. The city can provide information on how to to reach nonprofits that, that can help make sure that you're evacuated. Stay in touch with your neighbors. Check on your neighbors to see if you have an elderly neighbor or someone may need help and may need to understand how important it is for them to prepare their home and, and their lives. Tybee's always great about doing that, as you know. We do help each other. Okay, so now you see the storm coming. It's critical that you stay tuned to any local weather reporting system that, that you prefer, and they're all out there. And you can also sign up to receive weather alerts from the city, the county, and NOAA, local news stations. And that can be very helpful if you're not the kind of person who sits in front of the television. To and it's see really what, good not to because they will stress you out so bad. You'll need a, a Xanax or something exactly. during hurricane season. Ugh. Absolutely. So just make sure that you're you're aware and stay tuned on what's happening out there. If we think that it's headed our way, it's a good idea to go ahead and uh, give yourself plenty of time to secure all of those things we talked about, your, your windows, your outside items that can be easily be blown away. Make sure you've got all of that stored and go ahead and start planning to to get all of that um thing all the things we talked about your pet supplies your your personal items anything that you can't come back for immediately get those put them in a little box get them ready to go put them in your car i, th- I can't stress enough how important it is to think about i know we're all going to be anxious what's going to happen when we come back if we do choose to evacuate if you hear a, a mandatory evacuation For the greatest comfort that you can have, if possible, go ahead and plan to have a little mini vacation. Use that time to visit your family, visit your friends. If you've got money set aside for vacation, go ahead and be the first to leave in a mandatory evacuation. Don't wait until the last minute. Because God knows after sitting in Hurricane Floyd traffic for 10 hours to get to Macon. That is not a fun way, especially in 100 degree heat when cars were overheating and they wouldn't let you off the freeway and people going out on the side of the interstate to use the bathroom. It was ugly and you don't want that experience. Absolutely. It, those memories are not the kind that you want to embrace. <laughs> but But if you should stay, you need to know the best and the worst. Because the best, so, I, I, sometimes I think people think if it's a mandatory evacuation of the city, someone's going to come make them leave the house. The reality is we're all grown people and need to be responsible for ourselves. There's no entities out there that are going to be coming around, ramming your door open to come drag you out by your ears. Even if it's a Category 5 and head straight here, if you choose not to go, it's your decision. It is your decision, and and I think it's one that you have to really carefully talk with your family about and and make that decision. But if you do decide to stay, first of all, I I understand in talking to residents who've lived on Tybee for many, many years, and also other communities like Tybee, that it used to be commonplace that people who decided to stay were given a toe tag with instructions, 
you need to write your name and your social security number on this tow tag because if the storm once the storm's over, we're going to be going door to door for recovery and rescue. And if you're here, we need to know who you are. We're not at that place. We've gone beyond that. However, it's really not a laughing matter to contemplate the potential of people who do stay behind in a catastrophic hurricane. When we leave, it could be a two or a three. When we return, if there's something to return to, it could have been a four or five or more. And you've seen that. I know after Hurricane Katrina, you and former Mayor Jason Buhlterman made a trip down to New Orleans and to that whole area that was impacted, and you saw what happened. What was the island that... We did. We we had an opportunity, Jason Butler and I, went to a hurricane conference held in New Orleans the year after Katrina. And we had the opportunity to drive over to Waveland and to Bay St. Louis, Louisiana. Those two islands were very much like Tybee in that they were small, very vulnerable, and they did not have the kind of protection that I feel Tybee is very fortunate to have right now, which is uh, we have a very strong, uh, renourished beach. We have a very strong, sound dune system. Bay St. Louis and Waveland did not have any of that, and they got a direct hit. And it was absolutely haunting and very sad and very eye-opening to see that the streets, the asphalt in the streets had literally been ripped up. There was dirt where asphalt used to be. There were very few buildings left, very few trees left. All of the the pier was gone. It, It was absolutely so sad because really all we saw were signs in people's yards where homes used to be, but then there was only signs saying that they couldn't get in touch with their various insurance companies, that they that they were essentially homeless. And after seeing that, I know that Jason and I were both determined that in, a, in our role, as in our leadership role, we would do everything that we could within our power to make sure our beaches were, were strong, our dunes were strong, our residents were educated um, on what to do. And I think Jason did a, a wonderful job of that. And But as I was saying, if you do decide that you're going to stay, you know, secure your home as, as much as you can and fill your bathtub with water. Make sure you have uh, enough drinking supplies. I believe it's one gallon per person per day to accommodate you for uh, cooking and and drinking Make sure you have non-perishable food items. And don't forget that antiquated can opener that people don't always use today. Forget the electric and think about the um, the crank-up can, can opener. Make sure you have enough medicine. Uh, and, and keep in mind, these are the things you've got. And I know that I'm talking to the choir in many cases, but again, for people who haven't experienced it and who may not think about these things, in the event of a hurricane, I can assure you, the odds are you will not have electricity. You will possibly not have water. and You food. will not have air conditioning. And believe me, be it's hot after TV a hurricane. And well, there's that. And your internet, your, your what Wi-Fi, internet? Right, yeah. self-coverage. And, and the, of course, the, the danger after a hurricane, if it is a bad storm, that's one thing that's always scared me. Downed wires, broken gas lines. 
Not to mention when the waters, if there's a storm surge, which there would be, in in all probability, if it was uh, bad enough, if it yeah. was a if it was an Irma like hurricane, if you find that to be the case, you will most likely encounter um, snakes, ants, rodents that have surfaced to the to the top. If you should go outside, in addition to what you mentioned, Sandy, as far as broken lines, not being being able to get out of your driveway, those types of not things. Not being able to drive down the road, especially right. with down trees like with Matthew, it was... Um, Impossible to get out of uh, certain streets. And of course, you won't be able to leave the island. I have spoken with people who have stayed during hurricanes and they were able to survive them, but they talk about depression the aftermath and living through it, the sounds, the frightening, out of control. There's nothing you can do. You hear that it's like a train coming on, you know, these horrible, horrible sounds. And also keep in mind fires. During a hurricane, something happens, a fire starts. There's not going to be any firefighters. There's not going to be any police to come and help you. If you have a health emergency, you can't dial 911 because there won't be anyone here to help you. So, Just remember, if you alone take that risk, that's one thing. But if you have other people in your charge, your children, other relatives who can't make that independent decision, you're making that decision for them too. So keep all of that in mind. And I think it's important to now talk about if you have decided to evacuate. So you've left the island and you're going to be staying in touch with the news When can you come back? What's happening? Why can't I get back sooner? We've experienced that. We lived during Hurricane Matthew. It was very frustrating, not knowing when we could come back, how long we were going to be gone. I think it's so important that people understand the reasoning why they can't always come back promptly. The first responders, the police, fire, all of the utility companies, first of all, they're second in line. But the people who have to come back on the island to make sure it's safe. Bridges, we have two bridges to come back to immediately on Tybee, the Bull River and the Lazaretta. Those bridges have to be inspected by the authorities. The GDOT is in charge of that critical responsibility. They've got to make sure that they're sound. And then once they determine that, getting on the island to make sure that roads are accessible, that trees and debris and houses, structures would allow you to get back in. Then to make sure, you know, down wires, that type of thing. And then the utility companies, of course, the city of Tybee, making sure that the water and sewer, our infrastructure is sound and that we're able to use that. And I remember during Matthew, that was part of the problem getting back on because the pumps, I guess, weren't working or whatever. And literally, there would have been no way to flush if you had rushed back on the island and they didn't want you to come back for that reason, and, and among others. Right. And, and fortunately, Tybee has, um, since Matthew, been preparing for things like this. We've made huge advances and improvements on our infrastructure system and our water and sewer. So some of the things that were happening then have been resolved, but that doesn't mean that there's not other things. And I was talking to our public works department. Those men and women are struggling to make sure that the roads are passable. And a lot of the things that they need to do, they can't do because people want to come back and they're in the way. And these are the reasons that residents are asked 
to come back when they are and not before. So I think the frustration of not being able to come back home is very, very real. Yeah, but and there's reasons for it. Yeah, and I think especially a lot of people, if you've not experienced it, just from a, a practical standpoint, just the financial burden, because like many people, when we've had to evacuate, we don't have family that we can go to. We do have pets and our friends. I know that I don't feel comfortable asking my friends to take my pets. And so we've had to make arrangements with using hotels, that kind of thing. And it's expensive. And again, those are things you have to think about and plan for. That's a good point. And I think, you know, it's important to remember, we don't have to be financial wizards to think about, can we set aside money for a hurricane evacuation? Some of us may be able to plan our budget, tighten our budget. You know, others may have that already built into their planning. I'm so glad that you mentioned that about having that financial need and not knowing how long it may be that you're able to come back. There's some things that are out of our control, like the bridges, like the utilities, but the things that are within our control I can assure you that the staff will be readily available. They will be here as soon as possible. They will be working for our residents to get back on the island as quickly as we can. There's a lot to this whole issue of hurricane preparedness, and I just encourage people to look online. You can Google SEMA, TEMA, FEMA, American Red Cross, to find out all that you need to know about preparing for, during, and after a hurricane. The main thing is to not take it for granted. We were lucky the last two years. We're fortunate. We were blessed, especially during COVID, if that would have been a double nightmare. Oh, listen, you would have been walking out in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I totally would. <laughs> On top of but, everything else. Oh. But I think we now have an opportunity to start planning and not panic, but plan. And remember that if it's water, you run from water and you hide from wind. So in a hurricane, I think it's a good idea to, to <laughs> run hide and, hide. and run. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I'm always available if anybody would like to reach me to find out anything about Hurricane, what the city's doing, you can call me, 912-695-0724. You can call me, you can text me, um, you can email me at ssessions at cityoftybee.gov, and I will be more than happy to answer questions or direct you to the appropriate person who can help you. Remember, education is everything. And thank you, Sandy, for allowing me to share this information with your audience. Well, in fact, I'm going to ask you to come back for the next podcast because the original plan was to share with everyone a letter that was actually written in the 1898 hurricane, which was the biggest and worst hurricane of record in Georgia, which actually hit Tybee Island. And there was a letter that you and I discovered years and years ago. We found it at the library, and it was the most compelling and frightening an interesting letter about this woman's experience living through that hurricane at a time when there wasn't a cone of uncertainty. Nobody knew anything until it was here. And we have a great reenactment that was done by a professional voiceover talent, Barry Marshall. So if you would come back the next time we do another podcast so that we can introduce that and talk a little bit about how we used to listen to that scary story. That sounds fun. 
Thanks again to Tybee Mayor Shirley Sessions, a.k.a. the best sister ever. We appreciate your work and the work of all the city officials and employees who are trying to be ready just in case. Hopefully, we won't need any of this information this year. In the meantime, thank you for listening to this edition of What's Up Tybee. If you have ideas about show topics you would like to hear, please let me know. I'm Sandy McLeod. You can email me at sandymcleod at gmail.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y. M-C-C-L-O-U-D at gmail.com. Take care. Join us next time. Until then, enjoy your day. No matter where you are, try to live like your own tidy time. Bye.